Cassino Berry, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. Let's do this! Yeah! Come on and jam! And welcome to the jam! <laughs> oh, yeah, come on and slam! And welcome it. to the jam! <laughs> it was welcome a noble to effort. The space jam! Put <laughs> <laughs> your hand, put your pants, so I don't know all the words. Wave your hands, okay. clap your hands, do your dance. Okay, hold up a second. Jam. Put your hands down your pants. Okay, hold up. Uh-huh. Hold up, because... Hold the phone. Why the fuck was that not done during the karaoke episode? Why didn't someone do the Space Jam thing? Oh, I was thinking about doing it, but I was sitting there high. <laughs> <laughs> and I was drizzunk, if y'all didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. So and I wasn't stra- there. Yeah. Um, are you here now, Sarah? You're <laughs> yeah, here guess now. who's back, everyone? Hey. Guess who's back? Back again. Sarah's back. back. Tell a friend. Slap Guess a friend. who's back. Guess who's back. Guess who's back. Uh-huh. Stop. <laughs> We're going to get sued by Eminem. Let's stop it. Okay. <laughs> I think he has better things to do than sue our I don't Does he? I really don't think he does. does. Actually, maybe not. I don't think he does. <laughs> um, okay. First off, let's get to the pleasantries. Happy New Year, everybody. Get to this pleasantry. Yay! 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 Dumpster fire. Inhale. <laughs> <laughs> Check out that podcast. But you know which, huh. what wasn't a dumpster fire part of 2017? What was it, Brian? The Last Jedi. Oh, oh, it depends on who you ask, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah. I feel like we're the only non-angry nerds in the left. We're not. No, no, I know no, plenty of plenty people who liked, liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. we're not. Yeah, but whiny seriously, fanboys. I'm so surprised that with all of us being diehard Star Wars fans, that not a single one of us is on the other side of the fence. And Dave hasn't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, automatically, you're like, Dave's going to have problems with it. Dave, Dave had problems with Rogue One, so... Yeah. But Dave's also a writer, so writers generally hate a lot of movies because they pick them apart and they can't just, like, yeah. turn yeah. their brain off and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And, and we told people. him, we're like, hey, fuck face. <laughs> you do wow, Roxy, Go to thank Hollywood you. and get a job there and try to direct your own shit. And then he did that. That's so, well, he hasn't, he hasn't he directed anything and he hasn't sold a script yet, yet so... Yet. No, but he's but, but he's he's on his way. way. He's getting there. there. So l- let's give everyone a quick little Dave update, huh? Shall we? Yes. So Dave update. Dave, everyone know that Dave. That's my little telegraphy noise. Everybody knew that Dave flew the coop a few months ago to move to Los Angeles, and in the short time he's been there, he has killed it, and he is now killed a man. <laughs> well, you, so murder. here's the thing in Hollywood they, when they say the dark you gotta, time you gotta do a lot of stuff for coke so here's the thing here's the thing when they say Try you gotta jump, when they say you gotta pay your dues in Hollywood what they really mean is you gotta kill a drifter is what they really really mean <laughs> you're not seeing the air quotes on that back in the Weinstein days oh. so um but no and in all seriousness Dave has uh that was really dark. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> we went there. <laughs> we did go there. <clears throat> no, we're up, but up from here. Um, so anyway, Dave is working as a writer's PA on a, sh- a show TV show on Showtime. Disclose. We can't disclose the show, but it is legit. He's working on a show I'm on not Showtime. Even sure, we can disclose the studio. So just we can't see the, we can't see the studio, but Showtime is the channel. It's not the studio. Or when He's you say Showtime, in... put a bad overdub that says Freeform. Final <laughs> <laughs> oh, says the Atlanta Falcons. Let me let's hold for an edit then. So, um, in the time he's been there, he has been working as a PA uh, for just you no know, day by day gigs. But then he finally got a permanent job as a uh, PA on a major TV show. We cannot say. The show, and we're not sure if we can even say what network it's airing on. It's a it's a premium network, and it has shows on it that rhyme with blameless. 
<laughs> God, say that. It. So okay. that means that Dave gets to see titties. <laughs> yeah, probably. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're very proud of him. Um, but <laughs> let's let's um, let's not go there. Let's go back to the non dumpster fire that was the Last Jedi. Yeah. So um, <laughs> what on, a beautiful, beautiful non dumpster fire. Yeah. Really Indeed. Uh, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Roxy Noberry. I'm Gina Giovanetti. I'm Sean Moriarty. And I'm Sarah Ashley. Right at that beat, someone shoots a t-shirt into my face with a t-shirt can. You can't see, but Roxy really committed to that. She was like doing the whole arms. It was amazing. She was fist pumping. She was like an extra in a 90s dance music video. She was like that mom at the Warriors game. I know. Warriors game. She's my hero. Yeah, life goals right there. Okay, so let me ask. I want to start with this. I want to start with... What was everyone's... Okay, but, but spoilers. All the spoilers in this episode. Yeah. If you haven't seen please. it by now, shame on you. Wait. Listen to this back after you've... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course. You want to back up. That goes without that saying. If you haven't seen it, fuck off and come listen <laughs> to us. Listen to it, us. Listen don't, to this when you... Welcome to Nerds Up. No, fuck off. <laughs> be, be nice to the listeners. Don't fuck off. Just come back. We don't want to spoil things for you. Okay, sorry. We've had wine, guys. Um, we should probably put that oh, <laughs> precursor as, uh, to the episode. Okay, but seriously, I want to know what everyone's reaction was. What were they feeling when they came out of the theater? And then we can dive into all the fun bits. What were okay. you feeling when you came out of your mother's womb? Salam? <laughs> <laughs> Cold, like light, confusion. Um, I felt satisfied mm. I felt happy and I also felt a little puffy eyed because I cried Aww. so mm. okay that Beautiful. scene with Luke and Leia oh, just I was on the verge of ugly crying I mean, it was really you bad cried more than you did during Force Awakens eh? Uh, at least well I cried more than when Han Solo died Whoa. because with Han Solo I kind of was like seeing that coming and the build up was happening so like and I remember I was, I was ready for it but like for this one just when they were like when they said that no one ever really leaves us, I was literally, ah. I was literally tears streaming down my face, oh. like sniffling and like w- using my sleeves to like wipe my face. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't right now. It's bad. Oh, yeah. That ugly that. crying face you just did is the same one from that video. I know. <laughs> broken up your girlfriend bro- video and it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Don't um, get it twisted. Your eyes roll back in your head like a great white shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh um, I'm so glad you like it. Gina. <laughs> I think I had the same feelings as Sarah be, from like that, you know, no one's ever truly gone all the way through when we see Luke fade away with the like John Williams binary sunset track. Because oh, it's like, oh, my oh, God. like the first time we really like get the heart of Luke in the series, it's him like looking out on Tatooine at the oh. two sun setting. And then you see that huh? again at the end. And I'm just like, fuck, I can't. Um, but then I also left a little bit confused because I genuinely thought Frank Oz was dead. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh right, you just named it. I was so confused. Frank Oz isn't dead. Jim Henson's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, distinction. I, like, I knew Jim Henson was dead. I just also thought Frank Oz was no, dead. No, he is not. that he evaporated I was, when Jim Henson died? Like, no, Frank Oz I, it was, it's one of those where it's just like, well, like, Yoda's dead. I assume Frank Oz is dead. 
Dude, Frank Oz <laughs> was in Blues Brothers 2000. Oh I my don't... God. Yeah. I, so I was 100% convinced Frank Oz was dead well, and was... congratulations, so, he's not. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> Surprise! So, and, that oh, was, that was the happy... Was Merry so nice Christmas. Um, I was in awe. I was excited. I was confused at some points, but I was mostly very hopeful um, and also really sort of... I don't know. Did you guys feel like the last moment was kind of rushed? Like the the la- the very 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 last a one little bit. The, yeah. The I, there were there were some parts that felt a little rushed. The very end and the very beginning. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I got that a little bit a little bit kind of like ah. But then there was that beautiful moment where that little boy uh, grabs the broom. Yeah. So there I, it was really a journey that went on with this movie. All fucking. Two hours and forty-five oh, minutes God. of it. <laughs> God, that was a long Ooh, one. I yeah. did not feel like it dragged for me at it all. It wasn't. It actually, it's only two uh, hours for me. There's a part. I'll, I'll talk oh, about that where no where it dragged. But still, that was a lot of movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot happened. So I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The confusion piece got a little bit the best of me, but overall. Sean, you saw it. For, I think you and Sarah both saw it first. Sean, what was your reaction? Yeah. My when I walked out, I felt like I had. Uh, uh, there were like six movies going on in that. Right. Movie. So like I had this I was like I fucking was blown away by so many things in it. I cried the same time you did, Sarah, and a couple other parts. And uh but I was like I need time to process. I need time to process this and see it again because there was so much going on. Yeah. And I haven't had a chance to see it again yet and I have a feeling I'll have some different feelings, good ones though, like being being able to understand certain uh parts that might have, you know, cuz so much overload. So yeah. much. I mean visually yeah. this is one of the most stunning, mm-hmm. so Oh god, like no. My eyes were fried. Like visually this was the most stunning, I yeah. think. Yeah. Like yeah. that like hands down Chun, you and I talked about it over text before everybody else had seen it yet cuz I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> um but the scene where the cruiser blasts through the star destroyer at light speed <gasps> was hands down <gasps> like it was the best scene yeah. ever mm. in Star Wars. It was like in the entire fucking yeah. franchise. Yeah. It was were audibly gasping. In it, I theater. like I literally the theater was quiet yeah. except for a couple of gasps, and then you just heard me go, "That was fucking sick." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Brian, so what were great. your thoughts? Um, well, so I saw it at eleven thirty at night. Oh so God. when it, it got done, it was two forty-five in the morning. Damn, ish, uh, because twenty minutes of trailers, but. Uh, I was pretty tired. I uh, sorry, two twenty in the morning. But uh, yeah, I was pretty tired. But that being said, uh, I I felt like I had seen something that I was not expecting to see, and I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am still processing from it. Um, it was just yeah. I think for me, since we're talking about since you talked about the kid who pull the broom to him because it was so subtle. Vanessa and I both looked at it and was like, did we just see that? Did he just do what he think <laughs> yeah. we just did? Wasn't that such it was a good super one? subtle. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he did. I'm like, oh, interesting. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, I have plenty to say. Uh, and a couple of things I want, the beautiful metaphors. Oh, I see Sarah has her notes for pros and cons. Let's dive the F in. So um, let's do a deep dive, guys. Um, Sarah, why don't we start with, why don't we all start with, like, I kind of want to do the same format we did with Justice League where we go with the pros and what we thought was not great about it. 
Let's just yeah. fucking splurge. Well, I have a few. This. I have a few things that lead from the pros to the cons. So I yeah, think that I there think were like maybe weird. You should connections. go last. Then I, I mean, I for think pros. I, <laughs> no, she she's the one with the notes. Let yeah, her go because yeah, we'll be able to speak. Yeah, if she if she has yeah, notes, could she just, can kind of pitch ideas and make I'll just I'll contribute. just start with a thing and then yeah. you guys riff off of it. How okay, about that? go ahead, Sarah. Okay, so we're gonna let Sarah lead this episode because she's got notes and Star Wars. Because the Star Wars, the bitch is back. So. Let's talk about Luke's arc for a second, because for me, I thought it was a huge pro for a lot of the people who have complaints about this movie. It was their number one complaint. Now, Mm -hmm. I will fully admit that Luke has never been the most important character to me in all of the Star Wars. Like, that's to me. He's never really been the most interesting part for me. Mm. Um, He was the one that I related to the least because he was so whiny. Mm. Um, (laughs) However, I, I really enjoyed him in this movie because here he is. He's a... He is a gristled old man. He is a guy who's seen some shit. He's had some victories. He's had some very deep regrets. And he's kind of... He's definitely taken this whole... Ugh, I'm like flinging my headphones out. He's taken this whole journey that we haven't... That we didn't get to be privy to. So, mm-hmm. but now... So now we kind of see him with fresh eyes the way Ray is seeing him. Like, he's not yeah. the legend we thought he was back totally. then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that he... I love that he was funny because I think it honestly speaks more to Mark Hamill himself. Oh my god! Um, You needed you needed somebody to have kind of that snarky funniness because you don't have Han Solo anymore. Yeah, Um, that's true. And you know, arguably, he's probably spent a lot more time with Han Solo and probably like grown into his humor a little bit. The humor got really punched up in this. It did. It it did. did. It kind of needed it though because if it didn't, it would have just it would have been heavy. I needed that to break up the tension. Other people again were complaining about that. Um, And then I also loved when when Yoda came in and then Luke Luke reverted back to that mentor mentee space that he was in mm. before and back in Dagobah and it just like oh it was such a beautiful well thought out conversation and <laughs> I my nipples were hard precogs were in full okay. gear <laughs> to piggyback on yeah. that so I almost went to the bathroom in the middle of it and when I saw the ears on the screen and I was like wait wait what? What? And then I, so I was just standing there in the aisle way. clenched midstream. Watching. No, I wasn't, I hadn't made it out of the theater yet, but I was just like, I'm not going anywhere. Is fucking Yoda in this movie? And he was, and I loved that Luke is hesitant. He can't burn the, and he just fucking calls down the force to lightning bolt. Which, okay, first off, if a force ghost can call down lightning. That's amazing. That's a motherfucker you don't want to mess with. I'm just saying, still, even after death. Mm. That I also love that Yoda was plucky. Like I love that <laughs> young Skywalker yeah. missed you. I have and all that stuff. In, that's how he was in Empire. Exactly. And he was mostly just dying in Jedi. But like <laughs> all the ones in the prequels, all we've seen him be is this like super serious, yeah, yeah. and super you know stoic. Well. And I, I will say that that was my favorite scene in the movie. And I love that, oh, read them, did you? Page turners, they were not. <laughs> <laughs> um, was just like, God, what did you want to get witty? That's awesome. Well, um, I mean, he did He did when he got older. Like, yeah. again, well, yeah. same thing with Luke. Once you get a little bit more experience, God damn it, yeah. you get funnier. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so there's that. And I just could talk about Luke's arc for a second. Uh, what I thought was really interesting, and this is going to be no surprise to the group n- knowing me, is I thought his arc was actually very Christ-like. Uh-huh. And, and here's what I mean. By accepting that the past was the past and that he lets go, he resurrects himself. Mm. So his resurrection is him, when we see old Luke with the darker beard appear to Leia. Mm-hmm. Very much like kind of in 
biblical stories where Jesus appears after his resurrection and does these quick little things and then dis- disappears. So his whole confrontation with Ren, mm-hmm. I felt was the same way, and the, all the blasters not being able to blow him up. And then him fading into the force was his ascension. When mm-hmm. you say Ren, you mean Kylo Ren? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I, when he came in and people were like, whoa, he's there. And I'm like, when did he have time to get a shave and yeah, a haircut? No, uh, right, exactly. <laughs> and um, I also loved the callback of that. Impressive. Everything you just said was completely wrong. And I love how he said it once to Ray and he said it once to, to Kylo Ren at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That was just beautiful. And I'm glad that we got to see, because honestly, if Luke was the same way he was 30 years ago, then great. You guys have since yeah. are expecting that he has no character development yeah. on his own. And, and I was fine with it. And more than anything, his ending, he Kenobi'd himself. Yeah. yeah. So there you yeah, go. Like, exactly. he, he did what he was meant to do in that moment yeah. for the cause. So I yeah. mean, I really loved how I, I immediately got a sort of reference to, like, a like a Toshiro Mifune, you know, old samurai western. Um, very Akira Kurosawa, you know, that whole mm-hmm. interaction with, uh, initially with Rey and Luke, when Luke is just, you know, rejecting her, right? Yeah. And he's going off and he's pouting and he's, you know, walking around the island and doing his own thing. And I was just thinking, holy shit, this is such a beautifully nostalgic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was just so beautifully just done in that way and how the power was kind of transitioned like that. Um, I thought it was really well done. And I agree with you, Gina, that whole, you know, final moment where you, you see the, the sunset. Oh, my God. So spiritual. So beautiful. <laughs> I, I was I was a little bummed that, I mean, when I saw it, it was like, it, my, 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 my thought was that, man, this makes complete sense to his arc and his story. But bummed that... We're not that we're saying goodbye to another character. We, we're not really saying are goodbye. We, are we going to? You see saw no, Yoda I, come back and use force lightning. I'm just. Force I'm goes. just. Come back. I'm just saying that that was the impulse I had. I'm not. Oh, okay. He. I'm almost certain he'll be back as a ghost in episode. I nine. mean, I literally think now, like, because I I saw something too about Ryan Johnson. He said that you know episode seven was supposed to be. Han's big movie, then we say goodbye to him, then you have episode eight here, and that's Luke's big movie, and then we say goodbye to him, and then that's what we were supposed to be doing in nine with Carrie Fisher and Princess uh, Leia, and here we, are. here we are, we don't get that. Now, I'll talk about my theory on that later, but um, I want to hear from Gina. So, one of the things I really liked about this was in the same way that Force Awakens very much paralleled A New Hope, this also very much paralleled Empire Strikes Back, but in a way that made it different. And the thing is, it's like, you're never going to be able to please a lot of these fans because they were complaining that Force Awakens was just a new version of A New Hope. Now it's like, okay, well, this is your parallel to Empire, but in a way that's a little bit different. And okay, I I went to go see the movie with my boyfriend and he's a huge, huge Star Wars fan. And so if I reference him and talk about him a lot during this episode, I apologize in advance. Um, I know. Ew. (laughs) Ew. What? Um, but um, we also had like an hour and a half drive. He lives in Santa Rosa. We went into San Francisco to see this at Alamo Draft House, and nice. so like we had a nice discussion on the way home. And one of those things was we liked that Yoda came back in in the same sense that there's that bit where um, Ray is sitting up on the rock and she's learning to kind of channel the Force for the first yeah. time with Luke watching her. But he, you know, he says, "Okay, reach out," and she literally reaches <laughs> out and he, he starts tapping her hand with the reed, and she's like, "Oh, I feel it." He's like, "Oh, oh, you do." And we we laughed about that because it's like it was a little bit more like overt humor, but in the same way, like Yoda hella messed with Luke too in his training. Yeah, that's so, true. Like I liked seeing that parallel where. Yeah, you do see enough parallels to Empire, but also you get that sense that 
this isn't empire. This isn't the rebellion or the empire that you knew before. This is a new revolution for a new generation of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people are are finding difficult and hard to let go of is that, look, that was what the rebellion used to be like. The rebellion has to grow and change as well. And so the tone of the series does too. Well, and I feel like, you know, they got their fan service in Force Awakens when, yeah. and then they were complaining that it was too much the same. Yeah. Now this one here is actually, oh, it's a, too this one's actually a big departure from your expectations. Yeah. And now yeah. people are complaining that it's too far yeah. out of their realm of what they wanted. And yeah. I'm like, fucking pick one. I was was so, sorry, go ahead. I just have one more thing. I'm just so, so big into like sass master Luke. I love it. (laughs) Fucking astral projected thousands of miles across the galaxy to basically like give your nephew the finger. Also, so extra. He's just like, you know what? I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna project with like a haircut and a new outfit. Like, I'm gonna look good going in. Like, <laughs> damn, Luke. Well, okay. Wasn't that look a callback to the interaction that the yeah. last interaction that yeah. and Kylo had? That was, yeah. Yeah, it was. It looked yeah. the same. And also, I love that see around kid oh uh, i also had a quick thing where when they showed um like the destruction of the jedi temple in the two different stories that kylo ren and luke told there was a part of me that like briefly thought like oh my god oh my god the jedi temple is all on fire I'll, it, yeah. is luke snoke like i thought luke was <gasps> snoke for a little while oh. because it was just like well he's all like fucked up like Snoke is all like fucked up and like kind of burned looking like what if what if like the Luke we see here on the island is like a projection to like try to entrap that and I don't I didn't I was wrong but it was a thought I'm sure okay. we'll talk about yeah. Snoke in a moment oh yeah yes. okay John go ahead yeah uh, so th- the part that in retrospect a bunch of these fans that don't like the movie uh, used as as a metaphor for how they felt about the movie is one of my favorite parts and it's what got me ready for, okay, this is going to be something completely different and nothing that we thought, none of our theories are going to be true at all, is when you wait two years after the epic handing off of the lightsaber <laughs> to Luke, and the first thing he does when they get to that scene is he just tosses it over his shoulder like, fuck That you. was so great. That was perfect. It was like, totally throw away <laughs> yeah. your expectations. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's when I did. And like, you were supposed to, because we're yeah. smart people. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is going to be some shit. And the word that I heard my friend that I saw it with use throughout a lot of it when he looks at me during it, he's like, this is fucking fascinating. Yeah. Just like where where they took everything. Yeah. Um, especially with the Kylo Ren and Rey speaking to each other, you know, pro- projecting each other's images and talking to each other. And the, you, first you think they might be related. Just It just was so fucking fascinating. I felt at no point did I... Feel I wasn't being completely entertained. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. as a side note, I loved the little bits with the caretakers. I know some people hated them, but the comedy th- that was done with them was so great. Like mm-hmm. that they're complaining that she's wrecking the temple that and all that so stuff. That was so fucking great. Me of, like oh, little old like Italian lady villagers, right. just like, ah, what has yeah. she done right. now? <laughs> exactly. No, when they were walking with the cart, and then the thing just falls <laughs> down and they freeze. Oh, pissed. <laughs> so good. And I loved all the use of practical effects. Yeah. Yes. The prequels used so everything was digital, but they did all practical for all of 
of the aliens in this, and it was fucking phenomenal. Well, also, really quick thing about the aliens. Um, Not all of them. Well, yeah, well, I think well, most of them. Yeah. Korgs were, I think, pretty pretty CGI. But, like, yeah. I read, or David read somewhere that one of the primary reasons that they put Porgs in the film was because that island they were filming on was covered in inhabited puffins. by puffins, mm-hmm. and there was it was impossible to get them all 100% out of the shot. So they're like, all right, we're going to make, like, a puffin equivalent in this film. And everybody's gonna love it, and it's adorable. And you know what? It works to sell merch. Yes, which you know, great. Um, and they and weren't overused either. They, they were weren't like the overused, and honestly, I think it gave Chewie something to do because Chewie was that not was so featured great. enough in this movie. Oh. But when Chewie was about to eat one of them, and the ones just staring at him like horrified, <laughs> yeah, it was so fucking good. Yeah. 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 Ooh, apparently. And the, the, I mean, if talking about selling toys. They also introduced, like, every time a new crazy-ass ship, because when we were all seeing it, everybody was like, well, a new-looking ship would come in, and people were like, what the fuck is that? You could hear everybody say, what the fuck is that at the same time? And I would looked around, I was like, they're selling fucking toys right now. Yeah, the now. Dreadnought oh, yeah. looked like that. a beast. There's going to be a toy of the Dreadnought, there's going to be a toy of this. The Bombardier. Yeah. Um, but real quick, back to Chewie. Um, have you guys seen the actor who plays him now? That's what I was about to say. He's so total babe. Dude, lady boner. Oh, totally. <laughs> he is yeah. like a tall, finished drink of water. Mm-hmm. And I want a sip. <laughs> 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 yeah, gorgeous yeah. European. Peter Mayhew getting getting up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was credited as the Chewbacca consultant on this film. Very nice. Six foot ten. Yes. Um, okay. My long dick. My <laughs> Chewbacca is packing. <laughs> okay, my my next point, which I now when I saw it, I liked it. I saw it with my boyfriend and my brother. They did not like this. Mm. It is a big point of contention. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. General Leia and her force ability, saving her in space. I thought okay. that was awesome. I okay. would like to. I want Sarah to say her piece, and then I would like to respond. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I enjoyed it. I understand that there's not a very clear precedent for being able to survive in space like that. However, I equate it to um, with, you know, Leia having these, you know, latent force powers and sensitivity and all that other stuff. I equate it to a mom lifting a car off a baby, mm-hmm. you know, when survival is in, is there you and you need it. You know, you got you, the adrenaline and all that other stuff, you know, doing that. However... The part that really got me, aside from the fact that I was afraid that that's how they killed her and I started crying mm-hmm. already, um, but the imagery that they used of her floating in space and the light on her face, Oh yes. it reminded me of a quote from Wishful Drinking, mm-hmm. one of her Aww. books and um, a stage show that she did, a one-person stage show that she took around, um, where they talked about... In the original Star Wars, there were no bras in space, apparently. Um, and their and their bullshit reasoning for her not wearing underwear was because um, if you were to somehow get sucked into space, that you would... It um, would strangle you. You would swell and it would strangle you. Mm. And so she says that she wants it written on her obituary that she um, drowned in moonlight, strangled by her own bra. Oh. Um, and so that imagery of her floating in space with the light on her, it totally just... That was the first thing that popped into Sarah, my head. do you think she had free titties under there? I'm sure sure she had free kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Gina and I have a I have a thought yeah. to that too. So okay, so I agree with Sarah in that when that happened, I was like, "No. They said all of her sh- all of her filming had wrapped up. Is that all they had got with Carrie Fisher because if this is how she goes, I'm going to be mad about it." Mm. But it wasn't. And I agree with Sarah that it's that kind of like that like I have more to do. I can't go out like this. Yeah. And you know, she came back. And yeah, 
fact of the matter is, yeah, Leia is not officially a Jedi, but the Skywalker twins were force sensitive. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't necessarily get a lot of opportunity to see Leia use that force sensitivity. So I feel like it was that moment of like, you know what? I've been saving this up for something well, and good. I, and I feel like so she's... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like yeah. go whole hog now. I like the concept of of her not needing to use the force the way the boys do. Yeah, like I yeah. like the idea of her just. She's like I've I've got badass leadership skills and mm-hmm. some force sensitivity yep. and that's all I need. Yeah, um, and she's also a fucking dead shot with a blaster. Which shortly after she gets out of the hospital, after that, uh-huh. you see her rocking that huge blaster at the base, and I was yeah. like, "Fuck yeah. yeah!" Yeah, it was no, really like, good. Um, uh, and I and I also for for people who are like talking about space physics. Yeah. We know the laws of physics do not apply in this galaxy. Far, far yeah. away. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> and shown that Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. know that there's that's explosions not... in space. Dipshits. Yeah. yeah. You're so, okay with the explosions in space with no oxygen, but um, and the sound in yeah. space, but mm-hmm. so I I felt that when I first saw it and the bomb and she gets sucked out, I'm like, no, that's how I was like. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. And then seeing her kind of frost over was kind of like that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's totally. And then I'm realizing when I see that she's like reaching out with her hand, I'm like, oh, she's going to use the force. Mm. Oh, shit. The first time we actually really get to see her deliberately use the force. And she does. I'm like, I I almost wanted to clap. I was just like, I just said, I looked, I said almost a full voice. Holy shit. That was amazing. Um, Here's my thoughts for it. I don't think, I think Leia's always had the ability to reach out to, with the force, even though she hasn't always been able to notice it. Like you said, she's a dead shot with a blaster. For all we know, she could be unintentionally reaching out to the force to make sure that bolt hits its target every time. Yep. Um, and also, people want to nitpick. You're talking about a mystical force that binds the universe together. So, you're like like you mm-hmm. said, laws of physics, I agree with you 100%, do not apply yep. here whatsoever. And so people were mad that she kind of Superman flies back into the ship. But, you know, we see the force do shit that we've never seen before. And also, by the way, no one complained when Kylo Ren stopped a blaster bolt in midair in the last week. Everyone was like, oh my God, that was amazing. Well, nobody cared when in uh, in Empire, I believe it was, where Luke force jumps effectively out of the the carbonite pit straight up and nobody taught him how to do that. And he just, like, we never saw him do that training before. Yeah. And he figured out how to do it. Like... Yeah, like, can you please give Leia some credit And here? if you're going to complain about Damn. plot holes in Star Wars, then why are you a fan at all? Because this, the mm. franchise is littered with plot holes on a regular basis. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> if you want to talk about focus plot holes. on the negativity of bitter, bitter people. Yeah. yeah. To focus on our feelings. That's, so, that's fair. That's, th- thank you, Robbie. Totally fair. And, <laughs> and honestly, I mean, to justify why she we hadn't seen her use that at all, First of all, we had like 30 fucking years where there wasn't anything, so Lord knows what happened then. Exactly. Probably no Luke Totter stuff. Yeah, yeah, secondly, why make yourself more of a target for the First Order to the point where mm-hmm. they'll hunt you down like yeah. it, because you're a Jedi? And for yeah. political reasons, what if the she didn't need yeah. to... Maybe she'd heard stories of the way that the... You know, going back to the prequels, unfortunately, where the Jedi were closely tied with the galactic government and it didn't go so well. People mistrusted right. and thought that the Jedi were started to think that the Jedi were too powerful. Yeah, not, not only that, but like, there is precedent to show that Leia is just as powerful in the Force as Luke is, because look what happens in Force Awakens. She yep. can sense from a planet away that Han is dead without, mm-hmm. and, and that Kylo Ren did it without anyone having to tell her anything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's we've seen Yoda do that before in the prequels. Like, that's the level she's at. So, there's no... 
people well, that's, and, it's a bitching it's an unintentional you, bitching um, point if you yeah. read uh oh my god there's the the collection of short stories that was written by several different writers every single writer picked a different character from a new hope and um, empire to, to write about and one of the stories in there is about yoda and obi-wan as a force ghost comes and tells yoda hey you're gonna you're gonna train a skywalker um you know to use the force and yoda gets super jazzed because he thinks it's leia <laughs> because she's the one who's more ready oh yeah, yeah. and in his assessment that's so cool yeah I, so you know you guys this is so fun i love i, I really shit. like sean's observation that maybe she was not as akin to using her powers because of where she was politically yeah. like i will say my big thought as you saw her flying through space. I'm also a big fan of the Hamilton musical, you guys. Oh, so my as, God. As she's flying through space, my main thought was, fucking here comes the general. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good. Okay. okay next point. The next point. Pride of point. Uh, Pride of Alderaan. <laughs> next. Here comes the general. My next point. Um, I wanted to kind of lump this all together a little bit. Um, Benicio Del Toro. Rose being a new character and this whole subplot taking them to the casino. Okay. Yeah. With Justin freaking Thoreau. So, so. Oh, that was Justin Thoreau. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I saw him for like three seconds and he looked like every other generic white guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's be real. This subplot kind of didn't exactly go anywhere within the context of this specific movie. It does um, set up the ending shot, though. It does set up the ending shot, and I think it ends up probably having some payoff later on because of how it did the ending shot. I think this whole kind of telling the kids about um, the rebellion and the same time, like, putting out the distress call, I think that that's what's going to pull it all together later. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of this movie, <laughs> looking at it sing- singularly... Um, it was almost a little pointless. Um, however, Rose's character is fucking adorable. Yes. She is yep. she is genuine. Yeah. She is so she has such strong conviction. Mm. And they didn't make her an Asian stereotype. Nope. Mm-hmm. And she was the best. Um, I love her. I thought like she was us. Kind of. Yeah. You know, yeah. Also, yeah. like, Kelly, you see Kelly Marie Tran on the red carpet. And, and she, she is us. She's just <laughs> the most she's excited to be time. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. stoked yeah. out of uh, her mind. What I, do, what I do appreciate about what that subplot did, however, um, with Benicio Del Toro and with the casino, um, which I can see the casino kind of trying to emulate like a sort of cantina scene, except yeah. for the fact that it maybe was a little too Earth-like. A little heavy-handed. No, a little too Earth-like. Mm. It was kind of um, like, it was kind of like Tatooine's Maz but it was kind of like Reno. Yeah. yeah. And this was like... <laughs> and, Fuck Reno. Yeah. This was Vegas. And this was, Monte, this was Vegas. No, this was Monte Carlo. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh. Um, but what I will say about it is that um, I think I liked I liked the world building that it pulled in by talking about war profiteering and this yeah. and this whole other thing Agreed. that's going on. I Very think, sociopolitically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... Very woke. Yeah, so I also, think that, not, that, that was what I think was the value of it in this in this particular yeah, yeah. And, and also an idea that's been expressed in the Legends storyline too that mm-hmm. there was this company that was selling to both sides mm-hmm. and yep. that this is a very small group of people that this really mm-hmm. affects in the billions and billions of people who are in the galaxy really 
this affects like two billion of those people mm-hmm. because there's so many plants in the outer rim who are like we don't give a fuck they yeah, they yeah. never they never cared about us we don't care yeah. about them yeah you know right but yeah there the the whole thing with this scene on Canto Bite and Rose's uh, observations and everything is that you look at the people there at the casino all just like having a good time and rolling in money and all of that and you see that that is how you get something like the first order able to exist that yeah. there are people you know in the galaxy that are simply outplaying for themselves. They're, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, handling the empire for fun and profit kind of Mm -hmm. thing. They, they don't care about, about, or almost genuinely apathetic. Yeah. What's going on. And that's it. Um, It was a nice kind of parallel to the, um, the traitors that you yeah. saw in Force Awakens. Yeah. And the poverty mm-hmm. of that was yeah. so pervasive. Totally. And you see this extreme wealth, right? Yeah. I, I was a little disappointed, though, because when they started setting that up, that they were going to go to this, you know, place, and when you saw the long shot from the distance, I'm like... <gasps> Lando? <laughs> Lando? <laughs> I, is the Codebreaker Billy D. Williams? Yeah. <laughs> Billy that's, D. Williams. That's like consensus of people I've talked to is that their, their, their main disappointment is that there was no Lando. Right. Also, quick quick aside, I know that there is a standalone Han Solo movie coming out. Yeah. We are all secretly hoping that it is just actually a Lando movie. Mm. Uh, well, I want it to be a Lando Han Solo buddy cop movie of yeah. sorts. I'm just, yeah. I'm just really, a buddy smuggler movie. <laughs> really jazz for yeah. Donald Glover as Lando. Yeah. Oh, my yes. God. We're going to have to do a separate episode on that because, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to need some private time. You know what we haven't <laughs> talked about yet is how fucking awesome BB-8 was in this movie. Aww. Dude, BB-8 was a badass. Dude, the fucking the awesome, the finger in the damn trick, but like, you know, joke, but done completely differently. And then he just like smashes his head into all of them. Yeah. And like, and then also to go back to the casino when the guys that fucking little drunk alien just keeps putting coins, <laughs> coins into in like a slot machine uh, and then later on gets to shoot him <laughs> at somebody and was that the bit where he also like he had a little flame or something and he and he blew it out it was yeah. from shooting all yeah. the coins out and, and he was then smoking and oh then so he blew himself yeah out. god I love I, BB-8 so and much then at the at the end where he's like the 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 top of the like ATST pops off and BB-8's in it which I thought was so, like so. Full disclosure, Return of the Jedi is my absolute favorite Star Wars movie. Mine too. Um, and there, there's a scene... Mine too. Thank you. Everybody's always like, oh, but... No, no, no. no. Like, Jedi is my favorite. Better, Empire, Empire is Empire. the best one, one. Yeah. but Jedi is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, okay, whatever. But, um, but, no, but my there's, favorite there's a difference. There's a, the there's a scene... I really like Attack of the Clones. Shut up, Alan. <laughs> Shut up, Alan. <laughs> Fuck you. Attack of the Clones is the worst. Um, <laughs> Why don't you go attack your clones? Nah, Phantom fan, fan Menace is worse. Uh, uh, okay, continue. I changed my mind. Uh, but no, but there's a scene in Return... There's a, there's a scene in Return of the Jedi where there's there's an ATST walker coming towards everyone and then Chewie opens the top and comes out and so that was very reminiscent of that with BB-8 like blowing the top off the the walker on the base and then like yeah. being like hey guys what's up yeah I loved Rose as a character a lot and I really like that she's very much. Um, kind of an echo of our modern social justice, like, freedom fighters. The one little personal beef I had with it was, I do not dislike Rose as a character. I do not dis... I, I, like, I don't dislike Kelly Marie Tran. I have nothing against her. 
when they first introduce her, the way that she delivered lines was a little bit awkward for oh, me. Oh, no, no. Like, I, it, it sounded like someone who's like, it sounded like somebody was reading like a Rupi Kaur poem where there were like odd breaks in sentences. And it it just sounded a little weird. And that's just coming from like, because I coach high school speech and debate, yeah. I get paid to tell kids not to do that. Mm. So that was just kind of like Acting a... Thing. No, I, I totally get that. And yeah. I, I, I feel like... I feel like she. It took a second. She hit her stride, and then yeah. she lost me a little bit at the end mm. when she kisses Finn, and then is like, eh, and then I'm yeah. done. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, what? Yeah, no, she, dead she like though? so slowly, thought... gingerly laid down. It wasn't like she fell back. She was like, ah. is she yeah. dead though? Because they no, her no, she's not really dead. No, no, no. Yeah, but um, and I don't, and I actually, it was very interesting because when that kiss happened, there was zip chemistry yeah. on Finn's side and mm-hmm. and maybe it's because he has a, Finn and Ray forever a, yeah, I'm <laughs> I am shipping Poe and Finn so hard I have been <laughs> from the get go I want it to happen they let the they let their relationship fall by the wayside in this Honestly, movie and it made me sad you realize Poe's real love is BB-8 though right yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, no joke I had this conversation when okay Poe loves BB-8 when my boyfriend like a, like a dog or a child I'm being I'm being perfectly clear here when Reed goes away for a weekend okay and he comes back and i've got the dog i've had chester for the whole weekend or whatever and then reed comes in and he's like hey sarah (gasps) chester (laughs) and he's so happy to see his goddamn fucking dog and i love chester too and i get it but at the same time it's like excuse hello (laughs) so speaking of dogs yeah yeah. scott perked up when you said that chester i remember chester Yeah. Oh my god. But no, okay, after seeing Kylo Ren shirtless. Oh god. I I can I can ship mostly Kylo Ren for myself. But, I can't. But yeah. Kylo Ren and Adam and Driver Ray, is chemistry was Adam good. Driver is an incredible goddamn actor and Ooh, I, but he has such a fucking punchable face. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Such a fun, you just want to punch, I just want to deliver one of these right there. Yes. Well, do you want to do you want to punch Keanu Reeves in the face that much cuz they kind of have the well, same no, face. Like, no, Adam, I think, Adam Driver, I think that, like, Adam Driver is Keanu Reeves face that he, has been punched. He does. Times. <laughs> no, no, no. Adam like, Driver looks like Keanu Reeves' face. If Keanu thing. Reeves was Ash in Army of Darkness, the halfway point when he's like messing with his face to try to put it back, that's what Adam Driver looks like. Hmm. like Adam- For the record, Adam Driver... Like you tons. Hope to work with you one day. To well, take no, my jokes like, lately. Your chest is ridiculous. Oh what? Oh holy shit! Like oh my no, god! Like, oh, so okay, but but like in that in that picture that Sarah is showing us, he has that kind of like confused thing. It's it's when he does the like pouty puppy dog eye, like sad twitchy lip thing that I'm just like, my god! I just want to put my knuckle through yeah. your nose right yeah. now. Yeah. My ovaries, <laughs> my ovaries quiver at that. You can have him. You know what? You I, and I, I are gonna say, have an impact. You can I, him. I can't find like I can't do the like so, sad boy child. I, I can't take full credit for this because one of my friends said it and then I just kinda had to go, Oh yeah. Um that she said that Adam Driver is the best actor in the entire franchise. Ooh. Oh yeah. No, I, I that his that, his performance is the best performance in the entire franchise. I get that completely. High high praise. Praise. I get yeah. that completely. Yeah. I just want to punch him. Yeah. Okay, so okay. So if we're gonna get if we're Adam gonna, Driver, if you come on the show, I promise I won't punch you. Thanks. Okay, so if we're gonna get into this, if we're gonna talk about the antagonist this is where we start to fall more towards my con column. Okay. okay. Bring it um, on. Bring it on. So, number one, Snoke's death was too easy. Yeah. And didn't, I don't yeah. think it did enough 
justice to the power that they set up in Force Awakens. But it was so fucking cool the way he went down, though. It was cool the way he went down, yeah. but it just it seemed too easy. And okay. he's dead. We were like, they could go Darth Maul with it. Nope. No, an hour later, here's his dead body on the ground. I just have a quick question about that. When when did we actually like see? corporeal Snoke before this because in Force Awakens he was all just a projection. We never saw him. Yeah, we saw him as a hologram. Yeah. We yeah. thought maybe he was huge. Yeah. yeah. This was, because th- this was like he's suddenly like on this yeah. ship and I was like, where, where'd this fucking Crypt Keeper motherfucker come right, from? Right, right. <laughs> so he, he kind of, you know, was here in person. Um, I do not think that they did Captain Phasma enough justice for being a badass nope. villain. Like, I don't think she's dead, though, yet, either. That's true. We didn't yeah. exactly see her die, and we know that, for whatever reason, the silver version of Stormtrooper outfits can resist blasters, oh, even though the white no. can't, which makes me wonder why don't they just manufacture all of the... Because it costs a lot of money. Cl- it's extra money we don't need. Okay, expensive. Okay, that's true. They are expendable. Um <laughs> But yeah, so I think I think that fight was a little anticlimactic, and and Phasma yeah, went down. It was less than she was in it less than the last one, and we thought well, that she was underserved in the last yeah, one. Yeah, I am, yeah. I, so they, there's just a, there's so much potential there that if they don't bring her back in the next one, I'm gonna be sorely disappointed. Yeah, because then she's just there to sell another toy. Yeah, like I'm, oh, you can, don't forget to buy the yeah the Silver Lady Stormtrooper too, I'm guys. Just, I'm getting a little sick of her just being like just basically being the Boba Fett of this yeah, series she's the Boba where they're Fett. like yeah. taught it as being this amazing badass and then they go out like a punk yeah. meanwhile we maybe only, that's the gag <laughs> meanwhile we only had to see Boba Fett go out like a punk once in Return of the Jedi we've seen this happen to Phasma twice now yeah. like I don't need no. to see like Mr. Yeah. Bill Phasma the rest of this trilogy Phasma. just like oh no like yeah. come on Phasma's gonna get her true uh, explanation in an animated segment of the new holiday special so, okay Okay, right. there we go. <laughs> that was the best Boba Fett shit ever yeah. that, that ever existed was the animated version in the holiday. That's that was, the only that was his first that appearance. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I will say, I guess, a friend of mine read the Phasma character novel that came out where it's like, oh, okay. it likes, you know, it explains her backstory and everything. And this friend, my friend Kendra, said that that particular novel is incredible and phasma nice. is just ruthless nice. in it. okay so cool. um okay so um so now that we've talked about snoke and phasma let's talk about kylo ren um yep. and hux because so where the movie Ugh. leaves us now this is this is my concern um this is our concern dude hux <laughs> is a bitch <laughs> <laughs> hux is a bitch and not fit to lead Agreed. Kylo Ren is an emo teenager and not, not exactly fit to lead. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here, so what I'm hope here's what my I'm hoping for the next movie is that it is going to open a few years later. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren and Hux will have worked out their shit, and somebody's going to be an actual commander of. You know, we'll we'll be able to have the goddamn forethought for actual strategy and not just react yeah. because of testosterone. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Shoot that ship! <laughs> and um, and I'm also hoping that the next movie will do a nice send off and open with Leia's funeral. That's what that's my current hope. Um, I think I think those are plausible. natural causes. Yeah. So so precogs are calling it now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Um, but I, but yeah, no, that, this is my biggest thing is I feel like they're almost setting themselves up to have an antagonist problem in the next movie that Mm -hmm. the first order is not going to be, uh, cohesive enough. They're not going to be a a unified 
military enough for the rebellion to take down in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid it's gonna. I'm afraid it's gonna be too easy in the next one if the, if they can't get yeah. their shit together. Though mm-hmm. I think so. I think to to comment on that, I agree with you that um, Hux is completely unfit to lead and is very like reactionary and very. Uh, yeah, he is just, he is a bitch. Um, <laughs> he's a little bitch. Um, but I think with, with Ren, he shows some strategy, but I agree that his emotional outbursts work against that. But I almost think the entire scene with Snoke's murder and fighting off the Praetorian guards was, it might have been a, a, a pawn in his plan. He, cause, in Snoke's plan or in no, no, Kylo in Ren's plan? No, Ren, in Ren's plan oh. to kill Snoke so he could become Supreme Leader himself. Maybe. So I think that's and that's I need to manipulate. Really. Yeah, I think that's a very and that's also a very Skywalker thing to do because yeah. Vader did the exact. And for a man who idolizes Vader, yeah, that would he'd that's. Be, he'd be but he's the such playbook. a bitch. It's like mm-hmm. it's like if the fucking hall monitor who's really close with the principal <laughs> becomes interim principal because you know the principal got sick or someone killed him or something. It wasn't me. I swear to God. But the other thing is that he never finished his Jedi training. He never like no. finished. He he doesn't have military training. He's just kind no. of like failed upwards, yeah. <laughs> literally. Right. Well, he's got raw. He's Ren. got extreme raw power. Yes, is the you know thing. what I, I kind of yeah. feel like speaking on Ray's sort of psychological journey and how Kylo Ren sort of played into that narrative. I felt like there was a lot of beautiful allegories to the journey of like a, an abused wife mm. um, or somebody in a domestic violence situation. Sure, sure. That yeah. Obviously, sure. Kylo Ren was manipulating her enough to the point where me and me as the viewer, I, I genuinely believed at some points that he genuinely cared about her, especially when they had those psychic connect, connection moments, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that could be. Yeah. I mean, that could still pan out to be true that there and is some connection there. You have this whole process where she literally goes to find herself. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you see. I mean, from like a mental health sort of standpoint, I could not help but just recognize how she has this beautiful moment of having to sort of face her. Obviously, the light and the dark, but how the two sides of her ego are obviously splitting yeah. in this incredibly traumatic, trying journey that she's on. Sure. And she has the choice to, to completely split, which is a common trauma response for anybody in an abusive situation. Either you go all black and white, or you continue to go toward you know healing, which is a harder journey, but obviously more psychologically beneficial. Yeah. And then you have you know all these different sort of, I want to say, temptations along the way. And, and, and the temptations being, you know, those moments where Kylo Ren, you know, he is so good at finding her weaknesses mm-hmm. and really exploiting them. Yeah. yeah. And, you, I mean, even when they were touching fingers, you know yeah. how, like, delicate, <laughs> delicately that moment was handled, right? I thought that the filmmakers did a really great job at just kind of highlighting... Um, how emotionally fragile this type of journey can be. Yeah. And I so, just I could not help but really relate to let's let's talk about Ray that though real quick. And and, and and him exploiting her weaknesses and then telling her yeah. let's just talk about it. Mm-hmm. The, the parentage. Oh yeah. yeah. And so yeah. and here's the thing. There is always a possibility 
that he's lying. That he's lying, oh or that what he saw was not accurate. Mm. Because clearly, well, no, because he he said that you, he said to her, "You saw it yourself," and she nodded, like she yeah. she knew. The but whole then time. again, but like you also, you know, she's also seen him turn, and he saw her turn, and that hasn't happened. Yeah. And then Snoke saw the lightsaber turning, but it was the wrong lightsaber. So mm-hmm. like, so the Force visions are not necessarily super one hundred percent accurate. They're, not, they're never the future; they're, they're a possibility. Sure. But yeah. I will say. If this is the fact, the case where she came from nothing, thank fucking God, because otherwise, dynastic force Skywalkerness would have been way too much for me, yeah. and I would have been really pissed. Yeah. I was, well, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's tr- that's true, and I, I actually think there's another theory, but I'll share that after Gina's thought. I I kind of like the idea that Ray's parents were nobodies, mm-hmm. because then that's going to kind of have that sort of like, well, you know, her she's she's kind of fighting that, you know, you're a nobody thing, and it was a little bit. As, as a child who, you know, grows up with abandonment, it's a little bit easier to believe that, you know, my parents were called away for something special. Mm-hmm. There's something more yeah. for me out there. But even then, but, there's something even more, like, good, right. like, American story about, right. like, the somebody who comes from nothing. That's what yeah. I'm getting at, is that yeah. it's even and more, it, it's if even you more go back, profound. Anakin's parents came from nothing, too. Right. They're not the same. It's not dynastic, but... It's similar. It's not that far off of. It, it still process. has a resonance yeah. right. in some of the. And it's and yeah. and like like Sarah was saying, it's this. You know, I I like the idea that someone can be force sensitive or can rise to this without having been predestined by some magical lineage to do yeah. so. Right. I think so. You set up so beautifully in this movie that yes, Ray has moments of temptation because we all do. We're human. Mm. But I love how, in contrast, her her altruism, her positivity, her faith in humanity and in good contrasts with Ren's kind of jadedness and his... Yeah. It is almost like they are personifications of light side of the force mm-hmm. and dark side of the force. So my theory might be, because this they've touched on this, I think, in the Legends, that there were two people, not twins necessarily, but two people who were literally the personifications of the sides of the force. Mm. And I, that might be what this becomes, is that they're not related, <laughs> but they they have that complicated relationship of they do need each other, but at the same time, they um, Sorry, we're not laughing won't necessarily <laughs> have a bond with each other either. Yeah. It's duality. Yeah, it is that duality. Yin and yang, it's, it's very Buddhist. And if anything, this film is heavily based in a lot of Buddhist principles. Well, I mean, the force is... Zen Buddhism, it's the Tao Te Ching, it's Christianity. mysticism, Christianity, obviously, yes. Mm. Mormonism, Scientology. God damn it. Uh, Satanism. Satanism. Yep, Satanism. Yeah. Nerds on religion. I do want to say something about Hux, too. Like, I feel like... Uh, I want I want to punch him, too. Mm. Um, no, I said, you want to punch him, I want to slap the ginger off of him. That, too. <laughs> um... God, oh my god, the thing with Poe in the beginning. Oh my god, just, well, see, and that's that's part of it. I holding feel like, for Hux. Like, holding for Hux. Well, like, Hux is the kind of guy who, like, every morning he wakes up, and I'm sure he looks at himself in the mirror, and he's just like, oh, today's gonna be the day, General. This is gonna, guys, this is, this is gonna be a day for Huxy, and I'm sure he just, like, strolls down there, and then slowly everything just, like, 
turns to fire around him. And there's there's the one <laughs> other guy that he was communicating with on the other ship, like, after the whole, like, holding for Hux kind of thing. The yeah. guy that's kind of, like, older and kind of jowly and grizzled that was like, oh, well, we should have targeted it five minutes ago or whatever. The one guy with, like, military competence that you're sure is like, you know what? I'm, like, a week from retirement. I don't give a shit about yeah. this. Yeah. It's like I got so many callbacks to Lord Helmet. Oh, oh, a little bit. No, it's, there was a, there were some space poly type moments there, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, do we want Colonel to do Sanders?" This? Yeah. Um, now there is a, it is kind of like if Hux were to get like a performance review, we're like, "So <laughs> so bad." So you are definitely action oriented. We get you that. You definitely need to work on your composure. Yeah, I will right. Say you kind of buckle under pressure. So let's think about what we can do to prevent those derailers from becoming a roadblock for you. Speaking of composure, though, what did you guys think of Laura Dern? That was so. Okay. HR, I All right. want to throw up. Yeah, I know, right? Let's <laughs> let's right. talk about Admiral Holdo. So yes, um, I I liked her subplot except for one thing. So I okay. So I loved the mansplaining checking that was happening in this movie. Oh, totally. <laughs> like Leia calls out Poe on it. Finn tries to over, like explain over Rose, and she just like sticks her head out and just like uh blah blah blah, and like finishes a sentence for him, and she's yeah. like, "Fuck off! Don't take this away from me." <laughs> and then excuse me, you woke up five minutes ago. And then Poe charges in, and he's like, "I want to do all the stuff," and she's like, "Shit, you got the motive." And um, and then all of a sudden, like, there's that great moment where it's like, "You were wrong the whole time. Just listen to the lady for once." Okay, I get that. That was awesome, except for the fact that her lack of transparency as a as an admiral to give her all her crew the only hope that they might have for survival, and she's just like keeping it to herself. Mm-hmm. They only did that for the audience, yeah. um, just to do the mansplainy reveal kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that that maybe could have been done better. That yeah. said, I really liked her character. I liked the fact that she was stoic. I liked her dress that made this already tall woman look like 10 feet tall and give her that stature and that poise. Like a palm tree. Um, Like a sexy palm tree. I do think it was a little (laughs) cheesy and to have... um, I know it was probably done to give Leia a little bit more softness, but like their little goodbye mm-hmm. where they kind of talk over each other, may the force was, oh, no, you go. Like that was like, well, I'm like, okay, that was kind of cheesy. <laughs> I thought that was the genus thing where you always go. And with also with you. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. It isn't with your spirit. Okay. They changed yeah, now it. it is. No, no. You, I go will... to a, you go to a Catholic church and say, and also with you, they know you have not been there for years. <laughs> it yep. isn't with your spirit no, now. That's okay. Um, I'm still going to say it the old way. Yeah, well, no, that's that's so well yeah. said. What do you think about the purple hair? And the only reason the purple hair was ruined for me is because I had very recently seen the, the fucking a new episode of MST3K where they do this, they cover this terrible fucking Hercules movie, and there's a part where all these ladies have purple hair and they start singing purple hair, purple hair, like purple rain. And so I heard that in my head, and I was like, oh, I, I liked cheesy. it. I really like it. I know it's cool, but it's look just, was oh, her look was sick. I want to cosplay yeah. as her. Yeah. I, oh, I'm not. I'm not svelte enough, no, unfortunately. You'd, you'd make such a good hold. I, I'd have to strap down the precogs. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> the hair and the look, though. The hair so I could do. Though. The hair I could do. I, the, I like. I wanted more Holdo. I do think her like swan song, the way that she went out, like Sarah mentioned at the top of the episode, oh. was the like 
the the light speed jump through oh. the ship oh. was amazing. Hold, hold, hold for one moment. I know we're getting a lot of the like standalone Star Wars movies. We're getting Han Solo. We're gonna get probably Boba Fett, Obi Wan, whatever. Young I Yoda, want probably. young Obi Wan. I want a Holdo backstory movie, but in the style of like a Ken Burns Civil War documentary. Yes. <gasps> Oh my this is, gosh. This Stars is, and gosh. This is if what I want. If there is any idea that you've ever had that's been like the one yeah. to like, that's just the only idea you ever need in your entire life, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, they could just my money with that shit. That's my you idea. Really could. Disney. You know, the goddamn thing, they would just have to have stills that they slowly yeah. panned across and zoomed yeah. in on. Oh my God. Hit me up, Disney. So the only, the only downside of that, though, is that you can't have like, you know, the... The, like the Ken Burns, like you know, movement over like <laughs> handwritten letters with like Carrie Fisher voiceover of like it's been months since I've seen you, my friend. And, like, <laughs> my my a, a friend of mine had also pitched a uh, like deep ocean uh, like porgs documentary oh with Carrie Fisher narrating mm. like March of the Porgs. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be really funny. Yeah, that March would be really funny. Yeah, but no, I wanted I wanted more. Holdo. I thought she was great. I love Laura Dern. Uh, full transparency, during the recording of this, we had a power outage, and I was 100% frightened that when it came back on, there would be a raptor over my shoulder like Laura Dern <laughs> in Jurassic girl. Park. Um, <laughs> but thank God that didn't happen. But yes, more, <laughs> more, more, more Holdo. God more damn it, Phil, you had job, one job. Phil. You had one God job, Phil. There were raptors this in the This was an amateur film. hour. People were dying. I will say, though, the one thing that did bother me is about an hour of the movie was basically premised around, we're out of gas. Oh, yeah. We're out of gas. Yeah, and it was the world's slowest chase in space. That's yeah. For sure. I almost felt like it was, I, get, I was thinking about Inception, watching it, where it cuts back to the van going in super slow motion as it's r- crashing well, down yeah, into the water. Well, yeah, that's how time works because of the movie. Yeah. Well, and I, I like, I kind of liked it a little bit though because so there's a there's a Firefly episode called Out of Gas that's like in my opinion one of the best episodes it where like one. you you do need to kind of be reminded these ships only like are not you know, miracle vehicles. They yeah. they do have a certain level of capacity that they can take, whether it's like the number of light speed jumps they can make, like a la Battlestar Galactica or something. Yeah. Or, you know, they're out of gas, like Firefly or like in so, this. And so I thought that was kind of cool. It made it a little bit more real. Talking about Firefly yeah. though, did like I was totally getting like Kaylee vibes off of Rose. Like, oh yeah. Ex- yeah. With a little less desperation. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rose's sister I really liked. That yeah. was yeah. friends with her I, and the bombs. On that note, oh god. The diver- the no, the diversity in this film though was mm. really was really great because not necessarily all of the characters you saw in the background were named or anything, but you have Finn, you have Rose, you have all of these different characters <laughs> you have of, of color or of, well, you know, other races that you see. And so and the, Oscar Isaac himself being a little ambiguous. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, yeah. the the galaxy looks a little bit more racially ambiguous yeah. than it did in the 70s. Yeah. I and like it. Speaking yeah. of which, RIP Admiral Akbar too. Oh, I yeah. know. And he's given, and the thing is that he's given such a quick, a quick and yeah. unimportant death. It's just like they mentioned. Yeah, Adam Akbar's gone. I'm like, yeah. he well, should have straight okay. up when he was floating out. You should have heard. I knew it was. It's a, a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Called it. Yeah. 
Oh, one of one of the things we did. Well, and the actor who played Admiral Ackbar died too. Yeah. So I think the that was voice the other thing. did it. He did it a couple. Of years. Actually, yeah. I think he might have. I think this might have been his last movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of, and you know, talking about diversity, one of the things we glossed over was Benicio del Toro yeah. as well. Yeah. I didn't like the character. I didn't care for that whole code breaker thing. Again, I'm also not feel like he'll come back in. Yeah, later. I'm also just not big on Benicio del Toro in things. Oh, I in fucking general. love him. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. No, that's no, that's fine. Just. He was terrifying in Sicario. I'll say that. Oh my that. god! Yeah, yes. <gasps> yeah. Oh god! Yeah. Yeah. No, he's terrifying most of the time. Um, that's kind of why I liked him. I kind of like the almost as like oh god, what is the, what is the guy from Oliver Twist who like pulls all the orphans together to make them all pickpockets and oh. shit? Uh, isn't the Arful Dodger? No, the Arful Dodger is the oldest kid. Oh. Fagin. Yeah. He kind of reminded me, like, the way he was dressed and everything mm-hmm. like that kind of reminded me. He's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fairly fake yeah. 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 I, I liked it, though. I liked it. And I, I liked the whole... I liked him selling him out. Yeah. I liked this whole, like... Dude, I'm just, like... Again, it was giving this whole other side. And um, I think it gave that kind of... Uh, you know that like that darker smuggler side that we saw with Han Solo before yeah. when yeah. you know before Han went so, to the rebellion. So it, riddle me this, guys: Who was in charge of recording uh, Maz Katana during her little video sequence? Was it like uh, it, was it on a GoPro or what? She could have had a droid. <laughs> Protocol it, droids are all over the place. No, it's a, it was a holocron camera. Like right, they, can, but, they but probably the can is, float in front of she, them. Now. She was she was like yeah, that's, that's about, she was doing shit. Yeah, she she was like you know fighting at that. But point, dr- droids were legit everywhere. So like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if she had a little I, camera drawing. And I, I also love this. She just, Kanata, though, too. she just loves to get down. She wants Chewy. She wants Benicio mm. del Toro. She's like, I want all yeah, of them. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she oh, does. I like her. Didn't, didn't, no, she didn't, she's she thirsty. Didn't want, she didn't want Benicio del Toro. She wanted Justin Thoreau. That's, That's true. Yeah, they they had the okay, so let's talk about that. Wait, yeah. no, was, I thought me. Wait, so Justin Thoreau was actually the code breaker, you think? Or I thought maybe... Nobody knows that. I, d- I actually didn't think yeah. he was. Yeah, I thought I that know. maybe he lost his pin in the bet. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. In a bet or something Ooh. like that. Like, don't that's forget, guys, there too. was a whole half hour of this movie we didn't get. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No, but I did, they like, did. and I... I mm-hmm. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was going to say, I didn't realize that there was that much extra footage. Yeah, there was there a whole... Was a lot. There's a whole half hour that'll probably be included on the Blu-ray extras. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, but I... But I think, I wonder if all of that was up front because it was so choppy in the beginning. Yeah. And I was kind of like, whoa, we're bouncing really fast from scene to scene. What's going on here? Yeah. Um, so that, that I think, was uh, a pacing issue in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, like, there, okay, so what, I know some people thought it dragged. Where where did it drag for you guys? Uh, I, during the, the gas, we're out of gas. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They, they, we're yeah. at a gas bit where they're taking forever to escape to the to crate. And then okay. when they finally land on that planet and the salt planet, yeah, crate. Oh, I yeah. like the little the crystal foxes though. What? I like the crystal foxes. Oh, no, no. Oh, totally. Once they got to the planet, it was picking up fine. I actually, I felt like it was very Lord of the Rings. Like, oh, here's one ending. Great, they got to crate. <laughs> Perfect start for the next point in the movie. Yeah. Nope. Hang on. There's a whole other battle coming. <laughs> Hold up, there's more. Yeah. Then it picked up obviously once Luke shows up. Yes. I, and maybe yeah. for me, I was just like, more, give me more. Hook it to my veins. <laughs> like. Yeah. Um. I also want to say that this is kind of jumping away from from that part of the of where it drags. But one thing that I I thought about since we we're talking about crate and we're getting to the end. Um that I thought it was clever that we find out that Yoda was speaking literally mm. about the temples, not making some metaphor when he says there's nothing in the temple that 
Ray doesn't actually possess. Mm-hmm. Like, more like, no, she, instead of, like, saying this whole metaphor before, no, she's ready, it's like, no, dude, she took the fucking text switch yeah. already. She literally, <laughs> she literally took, the, took yeah. the text switch. And I love that it was, like, such a split split second scene where you're just like, whoa, whoa, yeah. uh-oh, whoa. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Oh, my God, and yeah. the dice. Yeah, the dice was yeah. beautiful. I actually think yeah, my prediction. That, I thought, and also it's like, yeah, so if she's got the Jedi for Dummies books, she doesn't need Luke, right? <laughs> well, yeah. A, a lot of people also, I saw a bunch of articles online that were like, oh, like, what was the significance of the dice? The dice were hanging in the Millennium Falcon. They're the yes. dice that Han used to win yeah. the Millennium Falcon yeah. from Lando. So yeah. Yeah. anybody yeah. 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 But I also think because of that moment, my I love your opener for how that would start. I also think that Ray will fig- basically by that point have figured out what it needs to be to take to be, um, become a Jedi and mm-hmm. she'll have started mm-hmm. training new yeah. Lifting Jedi. Lifting rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's lifting rocks and throwing them. Yeah. yeah. And then... Hey, right. What did you guys think about her training uh, sequences with all the kind of... The fact cuts? that it wasn't like a legit montage? No. I loved that. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. fine. I mean, she doesn't need that much training. She, she already knows how to deal with a melee weapon yeah. and his lightsaber is not all that different. Um, I think one of the things that like I was a little... like the, Another part where I thought it was a little bit slow was her basic like I, I mentioned how this was a parallel to Empire in certain ways and in the same way that we had the scene in Empire of Luke going into the cave and fighting Vader and then seeing his face yeah. in the Vader mask we had that weird kind of mirror yeah. scene with mm-hmm. Rey yeah. which I think was a little which was that kind of like okay well you also have the dark side in you kind of thing but for me that that scene dragged a little bit it again, just felt I think so there's, long yeah, again I feel like there's just payoff later for that yeah and yeah. I'm, I'm gonna hope so yeah it was a beautiful i think uh, structure of the psyche if you want yeah. to see yeah. how that plays yeah. out. yeah and mm-hmm. i think i think that was the other thing too because this was a really good opportunity for us to really get to know ray in a different way like uh-huh. in the first yeah. movie she's a little you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed like what's going on like just kind of like going with the flow of the movie here mm-hmm. she's making decisions she here bites she's, back she's mm-hmm. she's making choices and yeah. and i like that god that mm-hmm. was such a beautiful yeah. moment though where you see the two shadows and they yeah. morph together to form yeah. her yeah. Yeah. yeah oh that's such a that moment was beautiful that and can we forget. we didn't really actually talk too much about this but the fight choreo <gasps> for where she and kylo ren teamed up to Ooh, take down all the guards so and shit good. Oh, amazing yes. But no, but this is another thing I wanted to mention. It's amazing Uh because it was exactly what it needed to be. It didn't Mm. rely on 20 to 30 minutes of super over-choreographed kung fu style lightsaber fighting, which was amazing when we saw it, but they don't need to rely on that shit. No, they don't. This was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because the way in which the Praetorian guards fought too like yeah. you know the most we've really seen of the Praetorian guards before is like in the robot chicken episode where he's just like hey Crayola like go open that air vent or whatever <laughs> but like this we actually saw them fight and they had the like you know surge weapons that were yeah. like samurai weapons that yeah. could be yep. broken yeah. down into from like the bow staff to like the nunchucks to like the kind of knife kind nice of thing yeah. like one mace type so, thing oh my god yeah. I was really into that and it looked like it was all done in like one shot too oh so good yeah. wait, wait, so hang on a second so they did a robot chicken with the Praetorian guards isn't that are the Praetorian guards just the ones in the red mm-hmm. so yeah they're in uh, Return of the Jedi right they're the Imperial bodyguards but these are different the, versions no this is the, there's a I, very distinct I could be confusing them okay so there's a very distinct difference so that's why I ask so mm-hmm. yeah those ones are Mandalorian warriors in the old trilogy these mm-hmm. ones are, okay. are droids 
That's why they. That's why you never see their faces. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, well, yeah. Well, because they they looked much more like put together here as yeah. opposed to just like a dude in a in a robe that kind of looks like you know the diva when you first see her in Fifth Element. Totally. Yeah. I could like I could I, I'm probably just misusing that and that's probably No that's totally fair. And, I, and I, I do see your point with because the, they do look much more samurai like in this version yeah. whereas before so, they yeah. look very and like dope and like yeah. I, that part where like Drop the lightsaber and psh, oh my god, it was so fucking Dude, good. Yeah, I literally was like excited watching that. You yes. know, and like sometimes the fight scenes you just kind of like shrug it off or whatever, but like mm. I, I just in recent memory, the only things that have gotten me really that excited about really good, like a really well constructed fight scene is like this and Daredevil. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The, Daredevil TV series, to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> no, no Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, Affleck go home. <laughs> you were talking about Affleck versus Garner in the fucking playground. <laughs> no. On the when they're just on like a date. Definitely not. <laughs> no, that's funny. In the rain, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then of course the whole sequence of Kylo Ren slicing through Luke, and lo and behold. Yeah. God, that was so well done. So good. But there was one scene that I was really hoping for that I didn't get, and I understand why I didn't, because it would have been the cheesiest fucking thing. But when Holdo is leaving, and she's, you know, telling Poe and telling Leia, like, people know who they are, they know what our symbol is, they know what we stand for. Like, what I was really stupidly hoping for was like because as the the ancient planes were dragging along the ground on crate and revealing this red i was kind of hoping for some like aerial pull away where as they as the planes kind of pulled away from you saw one the another, starboard it would have been the starboard in oh. kind of a like rebels graffiti kind oh of my way God. i wanted it so bad that would have been really cheesy i know yeah, yeah, like so know what would have been the cheesiest goddamn thing but like it just because she had done the like oh like people know who we are they know our symbol like i thought maybe it would be like a like a scotty just fart scotty farted so bad (laughs) don't waft it towards us i'm trapped in here oh my god Uh, i'm so sorry but no and i i understand that would have been crazy cheesy that would have been crazy cheesy also i also really like the fact that they sent out the distress single and didn't hear anything back yet Mm. but that's that's why that scene at the end is so poignant is because it's like well this is who the revolution is now yeah or or this is what it is at this moment but we can get them back like yeah yeah. yeah. But yeah. by the end, it's like, all right, the five of us have to keep this shit going. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, eventually then they might realize, well, guys, the First Order slash Empire doesn't have any original ideas. It's just, let's bring a big gun with us and see if that'll work. Yeah. Because it's... <laughs> no, it is! Because it's the Death Star. It's a battering it's, it's, it's Starkiller Base, and now it's a battle battering ram. That was very Lord of the Rings for me. Kind very, of. Yeah. Very, oh, yeah. very Helm's Deep. Oh, yeah. super, super Helm's Deep. It was really funny. Um, I'm also really excited that one of the five <laughs> left in the Rebellion is Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how they opened the movie with her. Yeah. They gave Billy Lord a ton of screen time. A which lot is, more screen which time. Which is cool yeah. because, like, she's a, she's a good actress and, like, yep. She was she was the only thing keeping me hooked with this newest latest latest season of American Horror Story. But she, if you want to see more of Billy Lord's acting, she's great in she's that. She's in Scream Queens too, right? Oh, I never watched. Yeah, Queens. I think yeah. she's in that too. I haven't seen it. But. Speaking of which, I heard that when Gary Fisher 
went and saw the film. Oh. So first off, Gary Fisher, the dog, the dog is in the movie. He, apparently, they put like a, a face thing on him to make him look like an alien. But like he's in the casino scene at some point. He's like a, a look. He's the a one putting the quarters in, in BB-8. No, no, he's not. He's like in a background scene. Somebody's holding yeah. him. It's awesome. But, no, I, but no, apparently, I they brought him to a screening, and when Carrie was on screen, he perked up. He's like. Oh, God, don't say that. You're oh going to break God. my heart yeah. and make me cry again. Like, I can't. This was a beautiful tribute to the yeah. princess. Well, and that was the other thing. So they did not change a single part of, of her performance in this movie because she had such a heavy hand from yeah. everything, from the wardrobe to her lines to, to her, yeah, her story, her art. Yeah. She she knew how important it was to the fans that... that General Organa be General Organa. So that her hair didn't look like a baboon's anus? Right. <laughs> and I know what you're going to say. I changed, I changed my, my hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I think that there's something there's such a beautiful that's such a beautiful statement to to walk away with this complete performance and for them to not take that away from us as fans. Yeah. yeah. I mean to, um, to be clear, everything that we saw was intended to be that way yeah. regardless of her death. Yeah. And that yeah. is very very eerie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you guys, that really creeped me out knowing that. Well, fact. I think well, There's I think way too many Well, I think references. Here. Well, cuz when you had that like if you look at the like scene between her and Luke and you know saying nobody's ever really gone, like we're taking it to a different level of like she's never really gone, she's going to be always with us, mm-hmm. but at the same time he's talking about Han and he's talking about himself. Yeah. Cuz he mm-hmm. she knows he's not actually there. I think yeah. that's what's so heartbreaking about some people thinking that this should be the final Star Wars movie. Yeah. That yeah. there's so much yeah. to be said there for on both sides yeah. of everybody knowing that yeah. yes, it's the end of the original threesome. Right. Well and that's mm-hmm. and that's the other thing too, is like it was I mean, they were probably gonna kill her off in the last one anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, So where are they gonna go from here? What well, are they gonna expect next? I mean, this one I think is is basically a full blown the torch has been passed and this is the rebellion now, and I hope that we actually get to see the first order taken down. <laughs> And I think that'll put a nice little button on the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Yeah, I think the movie is going to be shifted to it being about Ben. Yeah. Because yeah. he, since he is the last Skywalker, Ray's going to have to save his soul somehow. I, you know, I yeah. wonder if, like, originally in Episode Nine, they had planned for, um, for Leia to have a, a savior moment with I with think, Ben. I, think I mean, he took his finger off the bit. trigger. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think they did because there, there was talk of she was going to be very pivotal to yeah. his arc in the final movie. I, I think that's the one thing that I'm I'm gonna regret, not or not regret I guess, but the one thing that I feel like is gonna be missing for me mm-hmm. is not seeing her have a maternal moment with Ben. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now to be totally fair, it, Lucasfilm could be saying one thing, and also people who have made said those things have changed, or they're no longer employed at Lucasfilm. So Kathleen Kennedy maybe could also be putting up a front, and there might be something yeah, that they have that, that they have from Episode Eight that they that they canned, and that they're not going to put on the DVD that they are going to put into Nine, so that you do have maybe the real hmm. unaltered Fisher maybe yeah. in some in like one final scene basically. Yeah. I'm yeah. also hoping for some like Carrie Fisher gag reel on the mm. Blu-ray. Yes. Oh please, yes. God, I, I want it all. Memor- memorial yeah. gag reel, Carrie yeah. Fisher. All the th- way. This is what I want because I think one of the really nice things that's come out of the publicity for this is everyone's very wonderful and heartwarming and touching 
carry stories that are like you know it's like eating ice cream with something crunchy in the middle because she was so like crass and unabashedly so or like even you know (laughs) in mark hamill's interviews where he's just like you know and i'll look up and you know i know i'll see her in the stars where she's looking down at me and giving me the finger (laughs) so i lit so i i bought this uh i was buying presents for a friend of mine uh for christmas and i i saw it i put it in the cart thinking i was going to give it to her but by the time it arrived i was like nope i'm keeping it it's a sticker and it's now effectively my totem in life Mm. um it's a sticker of carrie fisher herself not princess leia but carrie fisher holding a microphone and flipping somebody off to the side and it's that's just is it the our lady of giving no fuck sticker no 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 it's just her it's just her flipping somebody looking off to the side and flipping somebody off while holding a microphone and like that is, I look at it every morning because I haven't figured out where to put it, so it just sits on my nightstand right now, and I just, it gives me, it gives me the oomph I need to get ready in the morning to be like, dude, yes. you know, just, you, you gotta just fucking kick ass and take names in life, yes. you know, yep. and it's, nice. and it's really sad, I, drugs are bad, okay, like, <laughs> like, yeah. an addiction, addiction is a terrible, terrible thing, and I, I just breaks my heart to that we lost somebody so funny, so brilliant, mm-hmm. so genuine. And and it's funny, like, I look at her, and I look at her, and I look at Princess Leia, and I, I kind of can't help but sort of compare the two of them together, and I love what they both shared, even though they did it in very different ways, is that they never kept their mouth shut. Never. <laughs> They were they were who they are and like always spoke their mind. I'm trying to think of this and like quote that, that yeah. Carrie has where like it's like something along the lines of like wake up every morning, take your pills. Yeah. <laughs> like don't oh. be afraid to oh yeah something. So one of one of the things is like someone had had tweeted or t- or put on Tumblr something about how um, the. Um, they it was someone someone who was struggling with mental illness and they they woke up and they didn't want to take their pills but then they saw a picture of princess Leia and they're like you know what carrie fisher would probably want me to take my pills and Mm. so they did but then she had another quote about like you know doing a thing but staying afraid Mm. um so like you never get like afraid but do it anyway i think Yeah. yeah i think i think in in so many words that's exactly what it was yeah I mean, there's your growing edge, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Man. So. Ah, oh, great. God, that's glorious. I think this is actually a perfect way for us to to wrap things up, yeah. actually. Listener feedback. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It is Brian talking to you solo for a brief moment. I just want to fill you in. The feedback you're about to hear is actually from the partially usable version of the karaoke episodes, which we couldn't use all of, but does feature, by the way, Vanessa in a brief cameo, and the feedback from the Last Jedi episode. So without further oh ado, we are the here we go. kings of segues right now. We're really killing it, you guys. Well, so... <laughs> That's sarcasm! That's feedback! <laughs> Woo! I'm trying to be sentimental, and you guys are ruining it! <laughs> okay, what do we got, Brian? All right, this one Come is on. from TJ. Uh, it says, hey, nerds, just wanted to write to thank you for everything you guys have done for me. You guys have helped me with the stress and nerves of becoming a new father. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. oh, my God. I have finally caught up on both backlogs since my daughter was born. Oh, hmm. I may or may not have cried while listening to the nerds on history finale. Oh. Hmm. Anyways, 
I appreciate you all so much. And Sean, your fucked up sense of humor has made me laugh cry so hard. I've had to pull my car off the road many times to avoid causing accidents. <laughs> Very Thanks. responsible. Thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. But XO. seriously, stay on the road. I need one or two accidents attributed to my humor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Way to go, huh? Way to go. Uh, all right, what else? Uh, we just got this one yesterday, actually, oh. from Callie, and it's R.E. Uh, Mel Brooksuary. Dude, what a beautiful segue, because January's coming. I know, oh exactly. Uh, hello, nerds. Listening since the LRTR episodes. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be happier that the lovely Gina has joined the group. Oh, thank you, Callie. And Damn, I, Gina! And I, <laughs> I absolutely love your Mel Brooksuary episodes. Mm-hmm. His movies are some of my all-time favorites. However, I was confused that your last, air quotes, Mel Brooksuary episode was... With Dracula, Life Stinks, and 12 Chairs. You never mentioned To Be or Not To Be or High Anxiety in your episodes. While not the most well-known, High Anxiety is one of my favorites and To Be or Not To Be one of his best. But certainly not certainly worth a mention. Uh, anywho, uh, you are definitely one of my favorite podcasts. Say hi to Sarah, Dave, and Eric for me. Keep up the good work, Callie. Aww. Yeah, so uh, we need to issue a couple of clarifications. So To Be or Not To Be is not a Mel Brooks movie in that he did not direct it. Yeah. He is... <laughs> He is in it, but he did not direct it. That's why we didn't cover it. Um, High Anxiety, I think Sarah posted a reason why we weren't going to use do that movie. Um, and I thought, we, I thought we did cover it at one point. Didn't we do it? No, we didn't. Okay. Maybe that's the one we will do. But that's leaving another episode for Sarah to come back and do. We can't yeah. do one of those without Sarah. This is a call to arms for Sarah Ashley to get her butt back on our show. Yeah, and then be great to have her back. Just to see how it feels. Just the tip. Yeah, it was all a ploy. <laughs> Just the tip. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, for January we've definitely we've decided I think to step away from Mel Brooksuary because that was definitely a Sarah staple. It was definitely. Um, so if we can get her back for January, we will do it. If we can't get her back because her schedule is getting very busy, mm-hmm. we will uh, we'll change it up. We'll do something else. You're to... supposed to say mea culpa. <laughs> mea culpa. Notice I haven't used any of my normal like anachronisms <laughs> yeah. or not anachronisms. That's word. why I felt like uh, I had to inject one. I haven't used any of my colloquialisms once this episode. <laughs> colloquialisms. Anyway, well thank you Callie for that wonderful feedback. So I, I definitely think our first feedback uh, for the new year should definitely be from Ellie. Um, this was in response to a, a comment I made about Ellie's, uh, one of her last uh, feedbacks about uh, her potentially being Sean's daughter from the future. Where she tore Sean's <laughs> asshole Asunder. 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 It heals back up and then she tears it back open again. It's, it's, it's like the scene from Star Wars where Kylo Ren takes the lightsaber and just poof, like through the head. Yeah, of the, basically. Ellie to Sean's ego. Exactly. <laughs> yep. But the subject of this latest one from Ellie is Sean, I am your alternate future daughter. Hello, nerds. I come to you with a very important message. I am, as guessed by Gina, the alternate future daughter of Sean. Dun, dun, dun. In the year 2022, Sean and Katie moved to New Jersey, and Sean (laughs) made jokes about it for the rest of his life. And there, I was born and trained in the art of insulting. However, in this prosperous time, his ego prospered and his humor darkened even more. Eventually, he made the cosmic dark joke, a universal secret that only the truly offensive one can find out, letting him master the true art of dark humor. Tragically, the discovery of such a secret caused such a disturbance in the balance of the universe that it caused a killer robot army to destroy Sean and the Earth. Except for me. 
I use the time and space machine that Eric, Brian, and Gina created to travel to this timeline to stop Sean from finding the cosmic dart joke and destroying the world by chipping away at his ego until he won't be able to find the joke anymore. So yes, Sean, I am your daughter. Speaking of you, though... A droopy dog called, he wants his face back, and Satan called because he wants his soul back. You used to be as funny as old Adam Sandler, but nowadays you're just, well, Adam Sandler. Now, you're so stupid, you probably worked on Battlefield Earth. Let that sink in. Then converted to Scientology because of working on Battlefield Earth. Now, let that sink in. Every time you open your mouth, all you he- all who hear you are made dumber. Heck, just being near you makes one dumber. You're so ugly if you were Wonder Woman, your clay statue would be like the mom from Beetlejuice's Creepy Corrections. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're probably enough of a D- not enough of a DC nerd to understand that joke. Yes, Ooh. I said that. Record scratch. I'm Ellie, and I apologize. Record scratch. You're as useless as the Y and O in the word you, and you should be glad that opposites attract or you would have never been able to find a wife. (laughs) Lastly, you are incalculably appealing. You are an incalculably appealing inflated goat bladder, odiously suffocating amalgamation of loathsome repulsiveness. Make sure you say all of those words right. I doubt it. You're welcome. With love from your alternate future daughter. Ellie. That deserves a slow See, clap. Two things. One of the parents said there, one day there is your a kids PS. are going to pay you back for everything we did to them. I didn't realize it was going to be this fucked up. Secondly, <laughs> I think we should write a script of what she said about the dark joke and you guys I mean, oh, it was God, pretty amazing. I want it. It was pretty amazing. I want, I want you to know I read that in the same way, in like the same cadence my mother used to read the opening crawls of Star Wars to me. Nice. Um, P.S. <laughs> there are alternate future versions of Sarah and Roxy who are wandering down the ga- around the galaxy as super dangerous bounty hunters. So, don't say, so yes. don't say I didn't warn you. Also, don't be alarmed if a sentient closet with the voice of Dave shows of the, with the voice of Dave shows up. He's harmless mostly. Watch mostly. out for the tasers. Mostly. Oh my God. She gave us Ellie perfect radio drama. <laughs> as your alternate present uncle, I am so proud of you. <laughs> that was Uncle Brian. That was pretty fantastic. And um, you know, actually, I don't know if you guys remember, but a while back, Ellie had actually sent in feedback that was directed towards me after I left the podcast. But I did actually send Ellie back uh, a direct email. Um, I don't know if she got it because she never responded. Ellie, you never responded to me. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to say that I was really proud to to hear that somebody was in inspired um to, Way to motivate the mass to, to basically go out and do something that they love for the benefit of the world mm. um and that for her that happens awesome. to be um helping um volunteer at an animal shelter and uh and really standing up for shelters the way she wants to see them which is a, i do think really fantastic she did say protesting no kill shelters which are protesting shelters that are not no kill um, which I, to that I do want to say is keep in mind anybody who goes into animal welfare is not doing it because they want to euthanize animals. So be sensitive to that mm. and understand that shelters are always trying to do better but don't necessarily have the resources. That's yeah. my little PSA about that mm-hmm. while I happen to have a microphone. Um, so so while, yes, you can definitely urge um, shelters to do better, it, you want to be able to work with them to to collaborate more so they can save more animals, yeah. not not be mad at them and try and ask them to shut yeah, down. Yeah, put the okay. put the resources and the time into finding, try to find more animals, more homes. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Put the effort but into that. Yep. We you have bitch. one more. 
Yeah, she's my daughter. I can call her that. I can call her that. She's my daughter. For for that narrative, though, thank you, Ellie. Oh my God, made my life. We have one more that I want to share. This is actually, we're kind of sandwiching it because there's two in the middle that we haven't read yet. We'll read those next episode. Cool. Um, but because it is New Year's, I figured it'd be fun if we had John Cutting from Twitter yeah. gave us the last uh, ones of 2017, which is his last list of bad movie mashups that we should thing, share. shall we? So his are the following. The Unbearable Lightness of Mr. Bean. That is my favorite. <laughs> that was good. Brewster's Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> Sin City of God. Oh my gosh. Ferris Bueller's Day of the Dead. Nice. I can't see that shit. Uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey to the West. <laughs> Mr. Wick Goes to Washington. <laughs> oh my god, I want to see that. That's what I said. We need to make this a thing. This is so great. That's I want to see that. Uh, no Country for Old Jedi. <laughs> and Dirty. This is a triple one. Uh, Dirty Harry Potter and the Hendersons. Nice. Oh, wow. Dirty Harry Potter. That sounds like a porno. Yeah, like a triple is. porno movie mashup. Sign Which is up. some fucked up shit. Yeah. It's like some guy yeah. wearing a, like a Sasquatch suit. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, there's fucking pterodactyl porn. There you is. You've all seen that, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we just thought of it. So or that guy thought of it. And thusly, it exists on porn form mm, on the does. internet. The unbearable lightness of 34. Mr. Bean <laughs> is one of the favorites. Yeah, that is, that's uh, really clever. Yeah. So that is far. really clever. That's right up there with the importance of being Ernest P. Worrell. Like, yeah, I right. Like, both of those, like, <laughs> did you, dead man comedies. Did you guys ever mention on the show that there was literally one night where we... Uh, it was mostly Brian, Sean, and I on the text thread where we were literally just pitching mashup plots at each other. Oh, and for we TV, ha- yeah. And we had to guess the title. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we, it went for hours. Oh, my God. That it was, was so fun. much fun. Yeah. so much fun. That should be an episode. I'm telling you, it will be an episode. It, it will that happen. Will yeah. It might be the next episode, night. actually. No. Nerd Game Night? Oh, yeah, totally. We should totally yeah. have a Nerd Game Night. Um, That'd be fun. So Eric nerds. usually is the host. I like it yeah. when Eric hosts that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, nerds, thank you for being a feedbacker. If you are interested in being a feedbacker, by the way, you can head on over to nerdonomy.com and click on that talk to us link, which will send us a feedback form, um, a feedback email to all of our email addresses. You can also hit us up on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just Google at Nerdonomy. You will find us, I promise you. But, of course, the most important thing you can do is spread the word of nerd like a bird turd. Tell all your friends and family. <laughs> about the show <laughs> with the ones who at least will listen to it um, Willingly. because that's how we will grow and I did it all by myself Sarah. good job Yay. I'm so proud oh, I'm so proud you're all grossed up, but we even took you seriously wearing that ridiculous light up blinking fucking. We sweater. really did. <laughs> you it was, see I'm wearing the well. It's on Instagram now. It is the ugliest sweater ever made, no. and I am so proud of it. It's so pretty bad, but its lithium battery must be better than the one in our iPhones because it's been on for a while. Yeah, you've been blinking there. Yeah, oh, so minutes. this thing is powered on four D batteries. Oh my god! The battery oh weighs god. like three pounds, and it can go for like sixteen hours. <laughs> so nobody Jeez. throw water on him. Throw water on him. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, 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 my back hurts so much <laughs> because I wore this thing driving over here. So I had this like little lump in my Brian. back. No, no, you you got the water right there, Roxy. Know, some some girls just want to watch the Brian burn. <laughs> It's an LED. I'm so glad you're here, Sarah. <laughs> I always knew that secretly Sarah was trying to plan my demise. That's the only reason she came back tonight. Uh, yeah, for all I know, she put strychnine in the wine. 
Sarah, yep. thank I you brought so much the wine. <laughs> That's true. She but did. But she poured it. Fair. Yeah. I did. Thank you so much for gracing your presence once again. Yes, oh my yeah, god, I was yes. it was happy. I was happy to be back. You have been missed. As I you know, missed welcome. talking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as you know, you're welcome back most of the time. So. <laughs> when it pleases Brian. <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when it pleases me. <laughs> but Way to make me sound like a fucking creeper. <laughs> you can come back on the podcast when it pleases me. Yeah. <laughs> now we just Jesus. went there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sean is impressed. All right. Okay. Uh, it is that time, nerd. So until we meet again, stay nerdy. By the way, happy new year. And tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. See ya. Bye. Later. Peace. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you shouldn't say during sex. Wipe that look off your face, 3PO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes. Ooh, 3PO would totally watch Blessings. that.